Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is Longfellow's The Revenge of Rain in the Face. The Revenge of Rain in the Face is a poem of the Battle of Greasy Grass, also known as the Battle of Little Bighorn, where General George Custer and the 300 soldiers under his direct command were killed to the last man by a combined force of 3,000 Sioux and Cheyenne warriors. This battle took place on June 25, 1876. For this anniversary podcast, the day and month, June 25th, are important, but for Longfellow, who wrote The Revenge of Rain in the Face in the aftermath of the battle, the year, 1876, was more important, as we'll see in the poem's final stanza. Rain in the Face is an actual historical figure, a Lakota Sioux war chief who took part in the battle. His name was well known to American readers of newspapers even before this battle, as he had been a feared warrior in earlier battles. When news of Custer's defeat found its way back east, a report came with it that Rain in the Face had cut the heart out of Captain Thomas Custer, the brother of General Custer, and held it aloft in victory. This report, probably false, is the basis for the revenge of Rain in the Face, though Longfellow alters it to make General Custer himself, the white chief with the yellow hair, the victim of this gory story. The story as Longfellow tells it would be unfavorable enough against the Indians without this alteration, and it seems Longfellow has abandoned what sympathy he had for America's native people as he writes of them as savage and unmerciful. All the more unexpected, then, is the question the poet asks in the poem's final stanza and the answer he gives. Let's listen. The Revenge of Rain in the Face by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow In that desolate land and lone Where the bighorn and the yellowstone Roar down their mountain path By their fires the Sioux chiefs Muttered their woes and griefs And the menace of their wrath Revenge, cried Rain in the Face Revenge upon all the race Of the white chief with yellow hair and the mountains dark and high from their crags re-echoed the cry of his anger and despair. In the meadow spreading wide by woodland and riverside, the Indian village stood. All was silent as a dream, save the rushing of the stream and the blue jay in the wood. In his war paint and his beads, like a bison among the reeds, In ambush the sitting bull lay with three thousand braves crouched in the clefts and caves, savage, unmerciful. Into the fatal snare the white chief with yellow hair and his three hundred men dashed headlong, sword in hand, but of that gallant band not one returned. The sudden darkness of death overwhelmed them like the breath and smoke of a furnace fire. By the river's bank and between the rocks of the ravine, they lay in their bloody attire. But the foemen fled in the night, 
and rain in the face in his flight, uplifted high in air as a ghastly trophy, bore the brave heart that beat no more of the white chief with yellow hair. Whose was the right and the wrong? Sing it, O funeral song, with a voice that is full of tears, and say that our broken faith wrought all this ruin and scathe in the year of a hundred years. The year of a hundred years, Longfellow calls the year of the battle, the year of the writing of his poem, the year his poem would be read by his fellow Americans. What is Longfellow thinking of? It is 1876, the 100th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence that eventually brought the United States of America into being, a centenary no doubt celebrated in every village and city of the nation. But what does Longfellow want the patriotic American to be thinking about in this centenary year? Whose was the right and the wrong? White America was inflamed against the Sioux and the Cheyenne. Longfellow presents them to his readers as bad as the white imagination would have them be, even worse. Yet still he says that it isn't the Indians who are in the wrong. Say rather, he tells his white American readers, that it is our broken faith, our breaking of treaties and mistreatment of the Indians, that has wrought all this ruin and scathe, that has brought about such atrocities. Let's listen again to this remarkable poem. The Revenge of Rain in the Face by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in that desolate land and lone, where the bighorn and the yellowstone roar down their mountain path. By their fires the Sioux chiefs muttered their woes and griefs and the menace of their wrath. Revenge, cried Rain in the face, revenge upon all the race of the white chief with yellow hair. And the mountains dark and high from their crags re-echoed the cry of his anger and despair. In the meadow, spreading wide by woodland and riverside, the Indian village stood. All was silent as a dream, save the rushing of the stream and the blue jay in the wood. In his war paint and his beads, like a bison among the reeds, in ambush the sitting bull lay with three thousand braves crouched in the clefts and caves, savage, unmerciful. Into the fatal snare the white chief with yellow hair and his three hundred men dashed headlong, sword in hand, but of that gallant band not one returned. The sudden darkness of death overwhelmed them like the breath and smoke of a furnace fire. By the river's bank and between the rocks of the ravine, they lay in their bloody attire. But the foemen fled in the night, and rain in the face in his flight, uplifted high in air as a ghastly trophy, bore the brave heart that beat no more of the white chief with yellow hair. Whose was the right and the wrong? Sing it, O funeral song, with a voice that is full of tears, and say that our broken faith 
wrought all this ruin and scathe in the year of a hundred years. When I taught persuasive writing, I emphasized to my students that it is important that they acknowledge in their writing the truth of the position they wish to counter, as any position worth countering has some truth. This requirement is in part ethical. We have an obligation as citizens to take seriously views that differ from our own, but it's also rhetorical. If you don't give the opposing view its strongest expression, you can be certain that your opponent will to your discredit. No reader of The Revenge of Rain in the Face can say to Longfellow that he's ignoring or understating the violence done by the Indians, quite the contrary. Yet still he asks his readers to search their consciences, to wake up their broken faith. It's to his readers' credit that they nevertheless held him as their poet in their hearts. I hope the revenge of rain in the face has given you something to think about, whether about America or about poets and their role in society. There will be four more episodes of Fireside Poems, and then after a week's break, I will begin two new podcasts to run on alternate Wednesdays. The first, debuting on August 3rd, will be Dr. J's American Passages that will range over 400 years of American writing to explore the many different visions of America American writers have presented. The second, Dr. J's Shakespeare, will debut the following Wednesday, August 10th, exploring the equipment for living Shakespeare's plays give us. I hope you'll stay with Fireside Poems through the rest of June and July, and then join me in August for these new explorations.